welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Evan Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And to the show, we are joined by Mickey Limmer from Opus Property, and we're talking about on-selling new build investment properties. Now, recently we have had some investors who, while they've had a property under construction, have had a change in circumstances, which has meant that they now are looking to exit from that property. Now, previously on the show, we have talked about selling or nominating that property so that some other investor comes in, purchases it on your behalf or buys it off you after you've actually settled. But today we want to dig into more of the details about how you actually go about doing that. And that's why Mickey's here with us. Mickey, welcome along to the show. Thanks, Ed. So let's talk firstly about one of my investors. They're doing a slightly unusual thing. They're settling the property. So they've got the mortgage in place. They're buying it and then they're going to sell it. So walk us through what happens there. In that instance, it's just like a normal sale that we complete for people. So Uh, just like if you're selling your own house. Yep, absolutely. So need to make sure that we get some stage furniture in there, make sure it looks attractive. Even though it is an on-sale and you're hoping to generate some capital gains from that, we still need to make sure that it stands out from among the rest. Now, there's an investor that I was talking to on the phone this morning that I put you in touch with, and she was doing this. Now, the challenge is, even though that property is brand new, never been lived in, she's purchased it from the developer, and now when she on-sells for an investor, it's not as attractive. No, it's not, because obviously an investor at that point, since it's settled, would need to put in a minimum of 40% equity. And hey, look, if you're an investor and you've got an option at 20% or 40%, which one are you really going to pick? And that's the big thing for this lady. So she said to me, my understanding is code of compliance has come out in the last six months, so therefore it's considered new, which is true if you're buying from the developer directly. The day that that property changes hands is an old property, even if it's never been lived in. So when she sells it, the new purchaser has to have a 40% deposit if they're an investor, 20% if they're an owner-occupier. Yep. So in that instance, my target market isn't an investor, frankly. We are looking for first-time buyers, second-home buyers, downsizers, et cetera. Okay. But in a lot of cases, we try and actually deal with this before it settles, so it's still a new property. Yeah. As Ed mentioned, people have changed in circumstances, and often by the time they purchase, it could be 12 months between purchase and completion. So recently I've got one where they've had a second child. So now they've got two kids and they need at least three bedrooms for that. So they're saying, Mickey, can we just on sell it? It's due for completion in November. Now in that instance, we've got a decision to make. If they on sell it for slightly more than what they paid for it, which is quite a reality for that particular property, the investor would obviously need to put in 40%. So once again, we're targeting first and second home buyers. And so that really limits who you sell it to. So depending yeah. on how urgent it is that someone exit this contract, so if someone can do it, but they've just chosen not to do it, then maybe they can look at that option. But for a lot of investors, the change in circumstance means that they can't get a mortgage. So they have to nominate it to as many people as possible. So therefore do that at the original price. Yes. So if it's just a move on, not a move on and make money scenario, I suggest that you nominate the contract at the original purchase price. And that way the investor can go in at 20%. And in this case, a deed of nomination gets drafted up by the lawyer. And basically it says who was the original purchaser, who the new purchaser is. And one thing to remember is the original purchaser is still on the hook most of the time if the new purchaser doesn't complete the settlement. So you've got to be really careful around deposits there. 
But see, in this instance, it's still considered a new build. So the new purchaser can do this with a 20% deposit if they're an investor. And either way, no matter what the scenario, interest deductibility still carries through, just so we're clear on what's new. That continues. Yeah, that continues. But a really important step that we've missed is making sure that you've got the right to on-sell that property within a specified time frame. Yep, recently I've had a client say that this is something that they want to do. And my first step is, hey, send me the sale and purchase agreement. I need to review it. Obviously, you'd send it through to your lawyer and get some advice there because quite a lot of the contracts have clauses in there that state that you can't on-sell it. And the reason for this is because a developer doesn't want to have say 10% of the development unsold, planning to sell them at the end and then find that they put it on the market at the new higher price and find that they're competing with their own product. So they are quite watertight here. So the first thing you need to do if you are in this situation is contact your lawyer and find out if there is anything that stops you from on-selling or nominating. And just so we're clear as well, that on-sale provision might last for three months is pretty standard. Yeah, usually. But uh, like, so I'm working with some investors at the moment and the developer has said, I will waive that condition once the last two units are sold. So once those are done, the completion date's December, so there's plenty of time, and then the purchaser has got the ability to do that. So talk to me about that investor situation that you talked about right at the start, Andrew. They obviously can get the money to settle the property, but why are they deciding to sell if they can get the finance? Because one of the big reasons why somebody would nominate before settlement is they're unable to get the finance. Well, the lady I was talking to today, she's just decided that she'd rather have a couple of hundred thousand dollars in the bank if she gets that because evaluations come in at a higher price. She thinks, well, I'd rather have the bird in the hand. Uh, but you'd be subject to bright line, so you're going to lose a third of that, let's say. and Real estate agent fees, real estate all agent of fees, that. You can't uh, get away from them. Co- <laughs> some <laughs> holding costs. It's probably not a great idea. Now, this isn't an investor that used our service. This is just someone that rang me for some advice. Okay, and I was going to say. I said my advice is keep the property. But she's just found that interest rate's getting a bit higher. It probably wasn't, in my mind, an ideal investment property. It's quite high end. Uh, We're talking close to a million dollars in Christchurch. So for me, it it doesn't stack up. So she's bought it. Interest rates have gone up to a point where she's not going to get rent to cover even the mortgage. So there's going to be a hefty top up. Okay. And I can understand in that situation why you might take the hit of Brightline and real estate agent fees if you're going to take that money and put it into, say, another investment property. But I think she's clearly not a listener of the Property Academy podcast no. because we always say our favourite holding time is forever. Yeah. And if you've put together a, a property investment plan that's going to sort out your retirement, the most important part is not just buying well, but you've actually got to hold on to property for the long term if you're going to get the long term gains that come from property. Yeah, I think people, when the market's going up, people get very tempted by these $100,000 and $200,000 transactions. Look, that's a lot of money, yes, but it won't change your life in the grand scheme of things. Having a property for 15 years will. And the thing to remember is we're not in that market anymore. You're not going to make that $200,000 instantly. So I think you need to really stay the course, which is kind of the theme of this year. People worry a little bit because higher interest rates, harder lending criteria, all those kind of things. But you're going to have good times and you're going to have bad times in property investment. And But you've got to be in it for the long term. So you can't let little things like higher interest rates scare you. And just before we come back to talking about how to nominate contracts at on-sales, I was on the plane the other day and flight attendant sits down, starts chit-chatting to me. Are you Ed? What do you mean sits down? Well, (laughs) because I was in the front row and he sits 
and where the flight attendant's at the front of the aircraft strap I find strap it in. weird that you sit in the front row, but we'll park that. <laughs> well, he sits down. <laughs> Property investor. Actually, he used Opus back like eight years ago. Really? Bought, bought two properties. Anyway, comes I to- I know exactly who you're talking about. Comes to every webinar, right. doesn't listen to the podcast so I can talk about him. So he sits down and, you know, oh, Ed liked the webinars, that's great. He says, I bought two properties eight years ago. And I'm like, oh, 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 this guy here has made some cash money on this. He always gives me extra lollies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, though, the great thing was, I was like, how well do you think you've done out of them? He's probably a million bucks up. Mm. Like and I said to him, how good is it? Like because you bought it, you've seen some scary times. No wonder he's so relaxed with his job now. Well, he would be because <laughs> the great thing is, what's that million dollars? And he's probably five years away. Maybe he gets a bit more. What's a million dollars going to mean for his retirement that he didn't? Have Are you in- saying he's five years away from retirement? No, I'm just guessing, mate. Mate, he's miles away from retirement. Okay, well, well let me rephrase that. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But how life-changing is an extra million bucks compared to having not a million bucks? It's so good. So let's get back to nominating contracts. What I want to understand is how do you actually do it? And I don't mean like the legal process. I mean, how do you find someone to nominate to? So in previous episodes, we've talked about a friend. And of course, you can come through Opus and we've got a service where we will find another investor. But for somebody who hasn't used a property investment company like Opus, how do they do it? Can a real estate agent find somebody to nominate the contract to? To be honest, it's not something you'd actually do through a real estate agent. They obviously will charge you a fee and that will, you know, if you're nominating the contract at the same price, obviously you're going to be up for sort of 15 to 20 odd grand. They don't, yeah, they don't really do nominations, right? No, they don't. They will do a contemporaneous settlement. Yes, correct. You buy it and sell it on the same day if you're the person that's trying to pass on that contract. That's probably just one of the key differences. If you are doing this yourself and you're wanting to get out of it, you either need to find someone yourself to nominate it to, or you have to use a traditional real estate service. Now, if you're going to go down the contemporaneous settlement route and the real estate agent is selling the property off the plans, my real question is, do they have the skills to be able to do that? Skills are limited at the best. No, look, and there are a lot of real estate agents who listen to this show, so I'm, I, I'm not trying to be offensive, but it seems to me that real estate agents are really skilled at selling properties that are already built, most of them, yep. and that they can do open homes for. You can't there, do it. There, open, are, there uh, are a few people that are really good at it, but the vast majority, I think, are used to selling things that exist. Yeah, like there's 1,500 agents in Christchurch, and I would say, like from my experience, there's probably a handful of them yeah. that can actually do it well and have done it well for some time. So if that was the case and you wanted to do a contemporaneous settlement and you wanted to find a real estate agent to find you another buyer, would you try and target somebody who clearly has experience in selling new buildings off the plans and I'm sure there'd be a handful of them who were quite skilled at it. Absolutely and somebody that's seen a bit of time in the sun in the industry I think is really important. Right now I feel like everybody's just navigating the trough so to speak so we need to use somebody that or I would advise somebody to use somebody that has seen the good, the bad and the ugly in terms of the markets that is good at selling off the plan stuff as well. And so how would a real estate agent go about selling that property for us off the plans? I think they'd be utilising their own database, frankly. That would be probably your first point of call. And then obviously taking it to the market as well as an option. Any real estate agent worth their salt is going to have a decent database of investors and buyers and all, all sorts of people that would fit well with 
that type of property. Now, one thing to remember that I'm finding happen a wee bit is that I know there are buyers out there that say, I'll wait for something to come out because someone is going to fall over on the contract. Now, sometimes what might happen is the developer, because they've got the right to let someone out of the contract or not, often what I'm seeing at the moment is the developer will say, we're not going to let you out of the contract, but we'll on-sell it for you. Once someone goes unconditional, we'll release you. And then they'll sell it at the new price. So there is no margin to be had in that. So if you are listening to this thinking, great, I'm going to get a deal, probably not most of the time if there's some margin in it. Just to interject there, like when somebody calls me up and says, I want to sell an investment property that's not built yet, I say, why would you want to do that? What has changed? Can you keep it? My first bit of advice is always, hey, go back to the broker, go speak to your lawyer, try and keep the asset because, you know, property's a long-term game. It's a long-term play. Your gains aren't going to be made initially. It's just not how it works. So it seems like there are a couple of different options for people. Obviously, if it's one of the investors we're working with here at Opus, then there's a service to be able to nominate a contract if you're unable to settle. But if you're doing this on your own, option one is to allow the developer to on-sell it, in which case there's probably not going to be some margin in it for you because they're going to release you out of the contract like Andrew, you just talked about. The second option is to try and nominate it and that's you finding somebody yourself in order to be able to nominate the contract to, whether it be a friend, a family member, so obviously somebody pretty close to you because you're probably unlikely to go out and market this unless you're the reactive. Third thing would be to actually just use a real estate agent in order to do what we call that contemporaneous settlement. So this is where you're not having to put the money in, but somebody is settling that basically on your behalf. And then number four is to actually settle that property yourself and then on sell it at that point. Those are really the four options that investors have. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, you might like to check out our epic guide to property investment. This is a 22,000 word article that we updated not too long ago, which teaches you everything you need to know about property investment. Easy way to read that. Just Google property investment. It's one of the first things that come up. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ebert Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.